Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ooh, we got a political war. Looks like the Biden administration is making a huge mistake politically on top of all the others. And Heavy D is doing well for himself. Also, Jason Whitlock on the show. Looking forward to this. Coming up on I'm Right. You ever watch any of the superhero movies? I know you have. Don't lie. Pretty much everybody did, especially if you have kids. But if you ever watched any of the superhero movies, one of them was the Avengers Age of Ultron. Don't worry, I'm going somewhere with this. Hang on a minute. And in Avengers Age of Ultron, the general gist of the story was uh, Iron Man. He wanted to save the world. He's worried about the world. He wanted to save the world. And he was so obsessed, so worried about saving the world, he ended up creating the monster that almost destroyed the world. Now, yes, that's just a movie, but there are a million and one tales of this throughout history. Warnings. You know, they tell those little childhood stories. Warnings. Be careful. Be careful. Be careful you don't create the monster you're afraid of. I don't know why we do this as human beings, but we all do it. And we do it at different levels, too. 
And I watch politicians. In fact, I watch media pundits do this all the time, too. I watch them take a look at somebody and decide this person is my enemy. And then, instead of shutting up or plotting or planning or doing something smart, they just blast away. You see, human nature, I don't know what it is. It's probably hubris, I would guess. But human nature is you think you can get somebody. You see this play out on social media all the time. Ooh, I'm going to get this guy. And then that'll teach him. And as soon as I get him, he's going to hang his head in shame. Probably go home and repent of his evil ways. And everyone will declare me the champion and him the loser. And it will be a glorious time. How many times have you seen that play out? Never. Never. Now, Joe Biden is a lot of things. Well, used to be a lot of things. Now he's half of those things. But you understand what I'm saying. But Joe Biden has traditionally been a pretty savvy politician. He has been. He's been real savvy. Now, I know he's half, half brain dead now, and he's not running things. His staff is. But hasn't made a lot of unforced errors from the 30,000-foot view thing. I think he just made one, a huge one, when it comes to Ron DeSantis in Florida. Now, here's the situation before we get into all the specifics of everything. Ron DeSantis is a rising star in the GOP. I don't care whether you love him or hate him. It doesn't matter. I'm telling you facts. A rising star in the GOP. Clearly, clearly, and I mean clearly, an ambitious human being. He Obviously, this is clearly a man who has his sights aimed on the presidency. Highly intelligent, has multiple degrees, all these big fancy things. Former athletes. It looks the part, looks good. And has been on the forefront of fighting all these culture wars the right-wing base once fought. And is doing so boldly. And will challenge the press boldly to their face. This is a man who is running for president. And wants to run for president. And he's been an outstanding governor. And remember, uh, we lose sight of this fact now. Florida's not a red state. Not traditionally, not recently anyway. It's purple. I mean, yeah, they'll elect some Republicans, but it's hit or miss. He got elected over Andrew Gillum by about that much. It's not a Republican state. His approval numbers are off the charts in Florida. He's been an outstanding governor, and his constituents, Democrats, independents, Republicans, and otherwise, overall, they're very pleased. It's a man running for president. Now, the Biden White House, they want something. You know what they want? You know what they want more than anything else in the world? It's not world peace. It's not for everybody to be safe from coronavirus. It's none of those things. None of those people care. They're all sociopaths. None of them actually care about people or anything else. You know what they really, really want deep down? Well, they want what every president wants, another term of being president. So they're scouting. They're always scouting. They're always out there looking around. Who's the danger? Who's the big bear lurking in the woods we should be scared of? And very, very, very clearly, they realize it's Ron DeSantis. Okay, well, all's good so far. They're not stupid. They're looking out on the landscape of the GOP, and they see a bunch of weenies, and then they see Ron DeSantis and say, ooh, he would probably challenge us. He would probably be bold about it. Okay, all that's fine. But they made a huge error. What am I talking about? I'll tell you in a second. First, we have Joe Biden mandating vaccines pretty much for everyone he can possibly mandate vaccines for. Everybody. I mean, he just announced 
1.3 million members of the United States military have to be vaccinated. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin announced that. It obviously came from Joe Biden. That's a huge deal. That's a huge deal. Because do they have options? Are they allowed to say no? Traditionally, they're not allowed to say no. I was in the Marine Corps. We had to get a whole bunch of shots, had to take pills at different times. And believe me when I tell you, at no point, at no point did I have an option. Nobody said, hey, Corporal Kelly, what do you feel about getting this shot? Are you okay with it? They said, get down here and take your shot now. Are these people going to have options? Are we going to force a vaccine on 1.3 million military members, whether or not they agree to it, in a vaccine that the FDA hasn't even approved yet? It's quite a bold step. And Biden's getting more and more aggressive with it. We have a former Obama official. I love this. Juliet Kayim. I don't know if I said that right. She wrote a piece in The Atlantic. She thinks you should be placed on the no-fly list if you don't have the vaccine. Oh, they're, they're, they're full speed ahead right now. Full speed ahead right now. We have Mayor Bill de Blasio of New York. New York. We talked about this the other day. He took the final step, the one they all really want to take, and basically said, oh, we have a New York pass now. You can't go to restaurants, shops, entertaining you, entertainment. You can't do anything unless you have the vaccine. Sorry, you don't have it. You don't get to live here. That's pretty much what he said. And that's what they all want. Ron DeSantis has taken another route. He's out there doing the right thing and banning employers from mandating vaccines and things like that. He's doing the things people on the right want done. Freedom-loving people want done. This makes the Biden administration nervous because he wants everybody to shut up and do what they're told. Here they are. Make no mistake. The, less, the, ex, the, ex, excuse me, the escalation of cases is particularly concentrated in states with low vaccination rates. Just two states, Florida and Texas, account for one-third of all new COVID-19 cases in the entire country. I say to these governors, please help. But if you aren't going to help, at least get out of the way of the people who are trying to do the right thing. It's kind of weird, kind of creepy hearing a president talk like that, right? And of course, singling out two Republican states with Republican governors. Why are you guys doing this? This is your fault. Get out of my way. And of course, Heavy D, not a man to take that lying down. He had a response. But before I get to that, this is what I was talking about in the beginning about the big mistake Joe Biden made. If you're nervous about Ron DeSantis, and they're very clearly nervous about Ron DeSantis, understandably so, you should have ignored him. Instead, you called him out publicly. Now, in your attempt to get him, you made him the nominee. Here's Heavy D. Now, this is a guy who ran for president saying he was gonna, quote, shut down the virus. And what has he done? He's imported more virus from around the world by having a wide open southern border. And what is his big solution? What is he so upset about Florida? His solution is he wants to f have the government force kindergartners to wear masks in school. He doesn't believe the parents should have a say in that. He thinks that should be a decision for the government. Well, I can tell you in Florida, the parents are going to be the ones in charge of that decision. Biden, he rejects science because he denies the fact that people that recover from COVID 
have long-lasting immunity. And that's been proven time and time again, and the data is very clear. So his vision is, just like in New York City, restaurants should ban young kids from being able to go in because they're not eligible for vaccination. And law-abiding citizens have to produce proof of their medical records just to go to the gym or attend an event or just to participate in everyday society. He wants that, but yet if you want to vote, he thinks it's too much of a burden to show a picture ID when you're voting. So no voter ID, but have to show your medical papers just to be able to live in everyday life? Give me a break. Sounds like a man running for president. And Joe Biden seems intent on helping him become that nominee. Now, maybe this is on purpose by Joe Biden. Maybe Joe Biden is well aware he's probably not going to still be president by the time 2024 rolls around. They'll have carted him off to a nursing home in Florida by the time that election rolls around. And maybe he wants Heavy D to go out there and crush Kamala Harris. I don't know. But Heavy D... To his credit, the man sees the moment. We can either have a free society or we can have a biomedical security state. And I can tell you, Florida, we're a free state. Joe Biden suggests that if you don't do lockdown policies, then you should, quote, get out of the way. But let me tell you this. If you're coming after the rights of parents in Florida, I'm standing in your way. I'm not going to let you get away with it. If you're trying to deny kids a proper in-person education, I'm going to stand in your way and I'm going to stand up for the kids in Florida. If you're trying to restrict people, impose mandates, if you're trying to ruin their jobs and their livelihoods and their small business, if you are trying to lock people down, I am standing in your way and I'm standing for the people of Florida. So why don't you do your job? Why don't you get this border secure? And until you do that, I don't want to hear a blip about COVID from you. Thank you. Huge unforced error by the Biden administration. Why would you call him out? Why would you try to get him? You're making the man you fear the nominee coming for you. You're creating, helping create the monster you fear the most. And on that last point, Let's remember this, as I've been telling you, as I've been telling you for a while, and I'm thrilled to see so many people on the right now echoing this. Joe Biden doesn't care about coronavirus. How do I know? The border. We have a wide open border. Do you see these numbers? This is from Fox News. Over 7,000 COVID positive migrants have been released into McAllen. Tested positive, released into McAllen, 1500 in February alone, alone. These people are not worried about coronavirus. They don't care about coronavirus. They don't care if everyone in the country gets coronavirus. This is all about power and control, all of it. But hey, huge unforced error by Biden. Let's hope it's a huge win for us in 2024, Lord willing. All right, all that may have made you uncomfortable but I'm right. We got Jason Whitlock on tonight. I used to read and watch Jason Whitlock when I was a kid. So I'm excited about this. That'll be fun. But first and foremost, you have equity in your home? Been working hard, making your payments, building up some equity, making sure you have real value, right? Good. That's good. Good for you. But there's a downside. 
these scumbag cyber thieves, the ones who are out there looking for home titles, you know they actually search public databases looking for the people with the most equity in their homes, and those are the home titles they go after. And you, you might already be a victim of this and you would have no idea. So I have a deal for you. If you go to HomeTitleLock.com, you can put in your address and find out now. And you can get the whole history of your home. And that's a $100 value, and they're giving it to everyone right now for free. Go to HomeTitleLock.com. While you're there, sign up for protection. Get yourself protected. We'll be back. Every now and then, you get to meet some pretty cool people when you do what I do. You see, I was just a young, skinny sports fan, and I used to read Jason Whitlock my entire life. I've, I've, heard the guy, I've, I've read the guy talk about Ball State my entire life, and now I get to interview the host of the Fearless Podcast, Jason Whitlock, on my show. Jason, you had no idea there was this tiny, skinny little white kid in Montana that read every single thing you ever wrote. You know what? You just made me feel really old is what you just did. You just said you've been reading me your entire life. I'm old as heck. But yeah, I started writing columns in Kansas City in 1994. And, you know, I, the internet comes along shortly or around the same time. And you can act, you know, when I was a kid, in order to read columnists in other cities, I used to have to drive downtown and go to this newspaper stand and I would stand in there for two or three hours and read other newspapers from around the city. Uh, you guys had it easy. I had to walk uphill with no shoes on in the snow to to go read, to do what you just had to do with a click of a mouse pad. Crazy. Uh, I, I wasn't walking anywhere to read you. <laughs> I wasn't walking anywhere to read you. It was right there online. All right. We have uh, everyone's new favorite Olympian. I'm going to play you a little clip. I'm sure you've seen it. In your wildest imaginations, <laughs> did you think you would ever win an Olympic gold medal? Yes. 100% yes. I knew I could do it. I knew it would be hard. I prayed that I could do it. In my wildest of dreams, I knew. That American flag around your shoulders looks pretty good. How does that feel to represent your country like this? It feels amazing. I love representing the U.S. I freaking love living there. I love it, and I'm so happy I get to represent U.S.A. <laughs> love well. it. Clearly, she's now become America's darling after that. Jason, I say it's because there's just been a massive vacuum created there. People want our athletes to talk like that. What say you? I, I think we've been in a desert looking for that water that she served up in terms of being proud of her country, in terms of, you know, wanting to represent America at its highest level, and then just the, the unrestrained joy that she displayed. You know, over the past year, all the messaging around America has been negative. We've been cooped up in our houses or apartments or wherever, not being able to uh, experience things with each other. And so she unleashes all that positive energy through our television screens. And of course, America fell in love with it. We had no choice. And she's so, uh, she's the antithesis of Colin Kaepernick and LeBron James and a lot of these multimillionaire athletes that act like they'd rather live in another country rather than the country that made them famous and rich and able to take care of their families beyond their belief. 
So yeah, uh, Tamara Mensa Stock, uh, an American hero, not only just for winning the gold medal in, in wrestling, but expressing gratitude for the country that, that made her great. Jason, can you explain the mentality difference? Because, I mean, look, this is a, this is an amateur wrestler. So, I mean, she, I'm sure she'll make a little money off it. I hope she does. Lord willing, she's doing just fine off of it. But she's certainly not going to retire on it versus somebody like LeBron. You just pointed out LeBron. I believe he's already our first billionaire. If not, he's closing in on it quickly. He hates the place, and she loves it. So clearly... There's a mentality difference. What is it? Is this parenting? Is it bad social influences? What is the difference? Look, the reality is, the truth is, LeBron loves it here in America, too. Uh, he's just been programmed to think that he doesn't. He's had a chip put on his shoulder. And the chip actually starts with not having a dad in the home. I don't think LeBron knew his dad growing up. His mom was a young mother. This young lady here, her dad immigrated from Ghana. Her dad built a great nuclear family here in America, reached his American dreams right here in America. She loses him tragically, her, her dad, in, in a car accident. He's driving home from one of her high school wrestling events, dies in a car accident. But he built, and her mother built such a sturdy foundation in her the foundation we all should be aspiring to. She felt so much love and support from home, from her father. And then she has a relationship with the highest father, the one above. She's a Christian. And so those two things, those two relationships with those two fathers, the one above and the one here on earth, have, have put a spirit, a joy, a zest for life, an appreciation, a humility that a lot of athletes just don't have there are ramifications uh, to having dysfunctional families or coming from broken homes. There's a cynicism that's created. It's hard for these kids uh, to trust anything or anybody because the, the, the foundation was broken at the outset. Colin Kaepernick, I put in the same boat. His mom gives him up for adoption. He never meets his father. He has hats off to the uh, family that adopted him but they're not the same as having your biological parents. It puts a hole in your heart and in your system. And if you don't work to correct it, you're gonna end up as ungrateful and bitter as LeBron James, who's worth a half billion dollars, but thinks that things would be better for him if he were in China, where they actually do hate black people. Yeah. Jason, what's the great sports reset? The great sports reset is I think you're alluding to a, a recent column that I, I, I wrote. Clarify the question for me. I want to make sure I'm answering. I am. You wrote a column about the great reset of sports. What are you talking about, the great reset of sports? I think we got to reset our expectations for what we're going to get out of sports. And, and I say that because... I think many of us traditional sports fans have been sitting around thinking, well, you know what? These athletes and all this protesting and all this anti-American sentiment is going to blow up in sports face and there's going to be economic repercussions uh, for this behavior that's going to cause them to course correct. And I'm saying now sports have been reset. 
Results don't matter. Popularity doesn't matter. Ticket sales don't matter. Uh, you know, great TV ratings don't matter. That we've been so flooded with foreign money, particularly from China and other countries, that the results, and we've printed so much money, that the results don't matter. The competition actually doesn't matter. The message and the agenda are all that matter. And so if sports, the NFL, NBA, if they're promoting the right message according to the puppet masters, they don't have to be successful. They don't have to get larger and larger TV ratings. In fact, their TV ratings can slip. Their jersey sales can slip. Their popularity can decline. They're still going to make a ton of money. And so part of this reset that we're going through, it's, it's a reset throughout all of society where competition is devalued and, and, and winning is devalued and message matters the most. And if you're promoting an anti-American sentiment, somebody over in China, some corporation, Nike or whatever, that's dependent on China is going to flood you with enough money that the results don't matter. Oh. See, that, that was the gut punch I got when I read the article because I had, I had told myself, and I'm sure it was just because I miss things like football and, and I miss watching it all. I told myself, look, everything else aside, the TV ratings are what will finally kill him because these TV contracts are what funds so many of these leagues, and you say that doesn't even matter either. No, it, 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 because look at what ESPN has paid for the NBA which has, ever since Michael Jordan stepped away from his heyday, the, the NBA has been on the decline. And again, I'll go back to the stories are going, Tucker Carlson talked about this earlier this week about the money China was spending on the New York Times, the Washington Post, and other media outlets. One day the truth is going to come out about how much foreign influence is influencing how much foreign money is influencing American entertainment that goes from Hollywood to the sports world and if you go look at the box office in the movie industry th these movies don't have to be widely popular to be celebrated to win Oscar wow. awards no one cares it just China's paying for it China's invested the, the many of the movies are, are dedicated to a box office in China not here in America we haven't protected American interests. We haven't protected American culture. And, and you have to, in order to protect it, you got to protect us financially. We can't have so many corporations who are far more interested in the 1.4 billion people in China than they are the 330 million people here in America. A disheartening truth, but a truth nonetheless. Thank you so much. It's been an honor. Jason Whitlock, appreciate you. Thank you, Jazzy. All right. Your holster's important. It's really, really, really important. The quality of your holster is important. And I talk to you a lot about Northwest retention systems and the quality and how everything is custom made, custom made in America, and all that stuff's true. But understand this style doesn't hurt either. You should see the designs they have. I have the join or die flags all over my holster, but they have a really cool 1776 one I think I'm going to get. 
They have a thin blue line one. They have a Donald Trump one. Oh, and check out their Scout chest holster. It's their best seller for a reason. Very, very, very cool. Go to nwretention.com. That's nwretention.com. Use the code JESSE. Get you 10% off. We'll be back. This Cuomo stuff's fascinating me. It just, it, it's fascinating me because I'm watching, I'm watching this political theater play out in real life, and, and I can see clearly what's happening. But it's like everyone else can't. Look, these harassment claims, th- th- there's a lot of them. And I mean, there are a lot of them. They're probably real, so let's just establish that. I don't know whether or not they're real, but I'm assuming they are. Let's, let's set that aside, though. This probe... It came from Letitia James to take down Cuomo. That's one. She wants to take him down because she wants to be governor. Let's remember that. And the report comes out and it makes Cuomo look terrible, right? And then Cuomo, of course, makes this statement after, after it comes out that he's grabbed like every woman who's ever worked for him. Cuomo comes out and says, well, yeah, I grab everybody. I do it with everyone. Black and white, young and old, straight, and LGBTQ, powerful people, friends, strangers, people who I meet on the street. Bit of an oddball defense, but okay, unorthodox. So I've enjoyed that part of it too. And I've enjoyed this part. The part where all these powerful Democrats have decided, okay, we've been defending him for a while. I mean, everyone knew this stuff was true. Everyone knows who the creeps are. Everybody. None of these people coming out and condemning Cuomo now are shocked, by the way. Everyone knows. Anyway, they're all coming out because they feel obligated to condemn him. Everybody from Joe Biden on down. Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, he should resign. He must resign. He's got to resign. And I find that part of all this theater interesting, too, because none of them actually will push for him to resign. They all made one statement, and that's all they'll make. They're not going to actually push for it because they don't care. They don't really care. The part I find most interesting about all this, though, is how the world seems to have forgotten. Joe Biden has these exact same claims dripping all over him. These things have been swirling around about Joe Biden for a long, long time. There's not like one picture or one video and, well, maybe that was taken out of context. There's a lot of really, really, really uncomfortable looking video of Joe Biden out there all over people. And lots of the people Joe Biden was all over kids. It looks really bad. I mean, you remember Jen Psaki even had to talk about it. President Biden was accused by female secret service agents of skinny dipping in front of them, offending them, according to former Washington Post reporter Ronald Kessler, who's an author as well. Uh, His former Senate aide, Tara Reid, accused him of sexual assault. Uh, The Washington Post and the New York Times have published multiple accounts of women who objected to the way President Biden touched them. Uh, Should there be an independent investigation of allegations into the president as there was into Governor Cuomo? 
Well, first I would say um, the president has been clear and outspoken about the importance of women uh, being uh, respected and having their voices heard and being allowed to tell their stories and people treating them with respect. That has long been his policy, continues to be his policy. Uh, that, those were, that was heavily litigated during the campaign. I understand you're eager to come back to it, uh, but I don't have anything further other than to repeat that he has called for uh, the governor to resign. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I love these guys. I love the things these guys get away with. Oh, uh, ma'am, uh, Joe Biden has been accused of playing magic fingers with virtually every child and adult he comes into contact with. We have all these claims from very specific people. What do you have to say about that? Uh, uh, Joe Biden supports women, always has. Wait, what? <laughs> that's, not, that's not an answer at all. That's not an explanation. And remember, we have specific women. We have Tara Reid. Poor Tara Reid, the most ignored human being on the face of the planet. She came out and said, quote, did I miss the investig investigation and litigation? I sure did not miss the smears and attacks on my character during Joe Biden's campaign as I came forward. Was it safe to come forward? I think not. Yeah, Tara Reid. You remember Tara Reid? The lady who, unlike, you know, people like Christine Blasey Ford, Tara Reid had specifics, times, dates, details, uncomfortable details about Joe Biden. Now, I don't know whether or not she's telling the truth, but she had plenty of specifics out there. This is why I laugh about all this Cuomo stuff. None of these people care about women. None of them. They don't care about women being harassed. They don't care about Cuomo. They don't care about Tara Reid. They don't care about Joe Biden. This is all about power. I see it all for what it is now. And that's ugly, right? You want it. You, you Deep down, you want it to be about right and wrong, don't you? I do. I'll admit, I know that's idealistic. I want it to be about the country. I want it to be about right and wrong. None of this is about right and wrong. It's not about women. It's not about rich versus poor, black and white, LGBTQ. It's, it's not about anything but power. That's all it is. That's all it is. And you know, it is a disgrace what has happened to us, the absolute decay of politics. Politics is always, has always, and will always be a dirty business to some extent. I get that. But it really is sad now that it's all about power. Every little bit of it. All right, now, this is going to be a treat for me. We have Ken LaCourt coming up. He and I are possibly going to argue about some things, but I want the media executive stance on what should have happened with Chris Cuomo and Andrew Cuomo. But first, you know we have an app, the first TV app. It's awesome. Right, right there in your app store. You can go get it on your phone. What does that get you? Well access, free access to all of our programming, all of it at live as it comes out and on demand. Did you have to go to the kitchen to grab a glass of water during I'm right? God forbid that happened to you. No big deal. You just watch the whole show all over again on demand on your phone on our app. Go download the first TV app today. We'll be back. I love having Ken LaCord on the show. Always brings some kind of wisdom. Brings me back down to earth sometimes. Joining me now, 
of the Media Action Network, Ken LaCord. Ken, I've been telling everybody underneath the sun, Andrew Cuomo ain't going down. I don't care who calls for his resignation. I don't care if God himself calls for his resignation. His name's Cuomo. He's in New York. It's a corrupt place. He's a corrupt guy. Am I wrong? I don't think he'll go voluntarily. Um, um, if the the Democrats and the Republicans, obviously all the Republicans get together and he thought that there was a, a way to impeach him, he might skip town before that, but that'll be the only that'll be the only way. He's he's not uh, have, he's gonna fight to the tooth and nail. We have the New York Attorney General's report saying a Facebook executive worked with Cuomo to smear one of his accusers. And this is making all the rounds in the news today. Everybody's shocked. And I, I'm trying to explain to people, do you not understand how the Cuomos work, how these dirty politicians work? That's par for the course. Yeah, no, they were, um, um, it, it is pretty explicit in there. You you read through that, you see that they were, that, that, that they were certainly willing to release internal documents that were, were misleading in the way that they released them too. Uh, saying, well, see, this proves that this guy got gal got fired from this position when it, it didn't prove anything of the sort. In fact, the opposite. So, uh, yeah, he's uh, he's uh, he's a little too, you know, he's he's uh, what did somebody say? He's killing grannies and slapping fannies. He's he's got some problems. <laughs> all right, all right. I I had a bit of a different take on his brother Chris, and obviously, I'm not a huge Chris Cuomo fan or CNN fan or fan at all. What I said was simply this. I don't know how a media executive would have handled this. You were obviously a Fox News media executive, so I want to know how you would have handled it. I'm not shocked Chris Cuomo helped his brother out. That's his brother. That's what people do. You know, I 100% I agree with you. It's like, my brother's in trouble. What am I? Wait a second. My job at CNN, I can't talk to you, brother. That's just not how life works, assuming you like your brother. Um, um, the the onus was, was less on Chris Cuomo. The, the real ethical lapse here uh, was on CNN's role. I mean, CNN loved the ratings. You know, when, when they first put him in that position, they said, oh, by the way, since we're based out of New York, your brother's a, a, a state figure, a national figure, you can't talk about him. And that was a reasonable restriction to have. Then they loosened that up. And of course, they all went gaga when they had the two bros. Look, they're, they're not Trump. These guys know how to fight a virus. And CNN loved those ratings. Um, um, I, I don't hold it as much against Chris Cuomo, um, but I, I definitely hold it against the executives at CNN. You, you don't allow somebody to, to be representing your network on a major, major show, often talking about people that he has a conflict of interest with, especially his brother. You know, it can't get much more than that. Speaking and of CNN. It would have been easy for them to fix. Hey, Chris, yeah. you can talk about anything in life you want, just not your brother. Jeez. Yeah. Speaking of CNN, I just a, a quick off topic here. I find the whole CNN thing to be fascinating, how quickly they deteriorated. And, and I genuinely, I'm not one of these guys who thinks everyone on the left is some untalented moron. I, I admit people like Rachel Maddow, she's talented. She's a talented person. I don't agree with anything she says, but she's talented. Your CNN. How do you let Don Lemon have a primetime television show? He's not even talented enough to carry his own A block. Chris Cuomo has to step over and carry it with him. How can a major network with that kind of power and wealth be that negligent when it comes to fostering talent? What are they doing? 
I mean, the first thing that, that happened is, is I mean, look, CNN was always, as, as, as far as I've been alive, has always been leaning left, not like they are now. I mean, they were 20 degrees, 30 degrees to the left. They would they would cover certain stories you knew that they would take a certain angle. They, they weren't highly partisan TV until their ratings were getting slammed and they saw, look, everybody saw this, that, that the talkers started started doing better in the ratings, all right? Bill O'Reilly and, and was the first to start to beat CNN on Fox News. It, was, uh, uh, it wasn't until we all grew as a company and we took over in the daytime and in the, in the news hours. So they want the highly partisan people um, um, you know, and I think that they figure, I mean, Chris Cuomo's not the brightest guy in the world. I don't watch enough of his show to know, to know how talented he is on, on TV. You don't, you don't have to be smart to be good on TV, Jesse. Um, but he's definitely not that. And, and, you know, and I, I hate to say that, that certain types of people have a, have a, you can't fire them easy card. And part of that's when your brother's the, uh, the, the governor of the state. And part of that's when you're one of the few primetime black anchors at CNN or anywhere. Uh, Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg, we're, we're learning all this now, funded a nonprofit and gave $12 million to the Democrat Michigan Election Law Center, quote, to help navigate the supposed complexities of mail-in ballots. This is while Facebook was telling us how to vote by mail. Ken, would you please put this in English? Because this looks really bad. Well, well, the part you skipped on that was the lie on that headline, which said it was a nonpartisan, a nonpartisan oh, thing. Yeah. So, so look, here's here's what they do. They 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 wrap them. First of all, Mark Zuckerberg's allowed to give money to candidates. He's allowed to be a political person. He's uh, you know he he can do what he wants to do in America, and and we can we can evaluate him based on that. What these guys do though is they set up good sounding programs that say, well, this is just, we're just trying to help people register to vote, for instance, it's the rock the vote thing. The rock the vote was all about, you know, it sounds great. We're just trying to increase young people's participation in the democratic process. What's wrong with you conservatives? But they also know that if they could increase the, the youth vote by 10%, they're increasing the democratic vote by 8%. Um, you know, we saw the Google guys um, the day after the election or the week after the election when, when Trump, the first time Trump won, uh, um, you know, just just apoplectic that their nonpartisan Hispanic voter registration, that a third of those those Hispanics had the had the temerity and uppityness to vote for Donald Trump. And you and it belied the, the fact that they were trying to help. Hispanics vote. They were trying to help Hillary Clinton win. So, so you know, you got to really look at when you're doing certain things, you know, you want to make it easier and, and make it so that every single person votes. Well, numerically, I can tell you that Democrats are lazier when it comes to voting. So if you, if you forced everybody to vote in America, Democrats would do better. Similarly, if you make it easier to, to navigate the complexities, because, you know, how do you vote? It's, it's really complicated. You know, do I, do, I, do, I, do I hold it up? Do I throw it at the, at, the, at the election ballot? I don't know how to vote. So they know that the more that they can get people who don't care all that much voting to vote, better Democrats do. So it's, not, it, okay. it's, it's fake nonpartisan. Ken, everyone knows I'm a sociopathic monster, so I don't, I don't expect the, the GOP to sell my thing. But I want fewer people to vote. I've always said this. It should be harder to vote. It's absurd. We make it easier to vote. The more you water down the voting pool, the more you're going to get these morons and corrupt losers in office. How do you message something like that? 
I remember uh, when I was I was doing a, a live show like this. I was I was not the, the producer of it, but I was the boss, kind of in the back on Fox. And one of our anchors was like, even if you don't know anything about the candidates, you should still get out and exercise your vote. And afterwards, I talked to him like, why should I have dummies who don't read and don't care? Why should they negate my vote? That doesn't seem right. Uh, Jesse, I don't know what to tell you. Maybe a poll tax. Uh, maybe we could go back to the days of you have to own land to vote. But uh, eh. um, yeah, I'm not sure how to discourage people who, sh who shouldn't do it. I, I find that for the most part, there is a little bit of an effort to do it so that 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 if, if you really don't care about the political process and you think it's all a sham, you generally don't vote. Or conversely, if you're pretty happy with America, you don't vote as well and, and, and good on you. Media Action Network, that's you, working on a story here. Facebook is partnering with a fact-checking organization called Meden. What are they going to do, Ken? Are they going to protect us from misinformation? Yeah, that's exactly what they're going to do. Did you see that Ken Burns... Well, so, look, Facebook is trying to walk this, 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 crazy, this crazy line. They have all the people on the left who say, you're responsible for Donald Trump, you're responsible for every unvaccinated citizen, you're horrible, you need to police everything in America because you can't have bad information come out on your platform. And, and that's probably the way... You know, when Zuckerberg came out, I, I actually think that he was more of a free speech guy. He built up a monster. He's got... 40,000 young people in the Silicon Valley who are very, very lefty. So he's got his his employees to worry about. Literally, Ken Burns came out. You know, Ken Burns, the the, the documentary filmmaker who who makes some great documentaries. They always lean a little oh. left if 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 it's there. But but you know, he's a good documentarian. He came out yesterday, the day before, and said that Mark Zuckerberg should be arrested for misinformation and allowing misinformation to come out on his site. So what you get is you get the far left guys like that who, who I, 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 they're out there to try to move Facebook a little bit more to the left. Facebook tries to find these, these, these you know, they try to get the baby off their back, right? They don't want to be the ones going in and saying, I mean, how would you like to be the one who had to say at Facebook, are you a bad person for saying you shouldn't wear a mask? It's like, well... When Fauci said you shouldn't wear a mask, then we had to say you were a bad person for wearing a mask and taking them away from doctors. But then he came out and said publicly that you should wear a mask. Even if you have the shot, you should wear two masks now. But then in his private, he's telling his friends, eh, you know, they, they have a little bit of effectiveness, but don't go crazy on it. So it's like, how would you like to be the, the, the fact checker responsible for, for banning people for misstating that? That's no fun. What a mess out there. Ken LaCord, everybody. Thank you, Ken. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I agreed with you way too much. You, you're, you're not as extreme as you used to be. <laughs> I'm very, very down the line. Very, very <laughs> down the middle. Squish. All right. Time to lighten the mood. Are some things not worth it? You'll find out next. I've watched this video like five times today. And the reason I keep watching it is I can't decide whether I admire this guy, whether I think he's an idiot, maybe a bit of both. I mean, look, I'll admit something to you. I obsess over having windows that are clean. Windows that are clean. When there's smudges on the windows, and when you have two sons, there are always smudges on the windows. It drives me up the wall. I don't know why. But... What are you doing, bro? What are you doing? Why don't you just 
reach over the side. You know what that is? You know what that is right there? That's a man, girlfriends snagging him into the ground, and he wants to live. He thinks. But it wouldn't be the end of the world to him if he died. That's what that is. All right. We'll see you tomorrow. We have a great special on our bureaucratic agencies and how bad they are. See you then. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.